0: I'm meeting today with Robert Philip, who has just written this huge book, Robert, and it's called *The Classical Music Lover's Companion to Orchestral Music*. Um, a bit of a huge stocking filler, this one. It is it?
1: Yes, you would need rather large feet. Uh, <laughs> to have a stocking this size. <laughs> yes.
0: Who do you think it's for? Who have you written it
1: for? It's for the ordinary music lover. Uh, I mean, although I um, I used to work as an academic in music for the Open University, I've never really thought of myself as writing for academics. The the, the great world of classical music lovers, uh, they all want to know how it works, and and very often I think writing about classical music is either sort of patronizingly simple and doesn't really try to describe the music or it's rather academic uses lots of technical terms and people can't understand it so I've tried to write a book about most of the orchestral repertoire which anybody who's interested in classical music and loves music can understand.
0: How have you split the book up when into chapters? Have you done it by work? Have you done it by genre? Have, how have you, you categorised it? A
1: simple A to Z of composers, uh, not quite A to Z, it's from B to W, it's From it starts with Bach, J.S. Bach, ends with Weber and Webern, uh, and everybody in between, uh, 60-something composers. Within each composer I do a little introduction about the composer, not too much, you know, a welter of a biography, but, uh, but enough background to try to understand how the composers ticked, how they were regarded in their own time, what their reputation has been since. And then I just take each of the most important orchestral works within each composer, and I just go through each one, uh, just trying to lead listeners through, so that if somebody puts on a CD or is going to a concert, just trying to uh, describe what happens in the music. This sort of what I think of as a a journey, to use a cliche, a journey through the music. What's happening? Where are the main peaks? Is this the last peak or is there another one when you reach the top of the mountain. It's it is so much like sort of walking through a landscape a lot of this music, I think.
0: That's what I was thinking. I was thinking this would be quite a good kind of crib sheet almost uh, when you are going to uh, a concert just yes, to read yeah. up on it beforehand and then be a little bit more aware of what you're actually listening to. So
1: exactly. Exactly. Uh, of course, uh, nobody's going to take an enormous book like this to a concert, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you
0: could have it on your coffee table before you go. You could, so, you could, yeah. so I'm going to I'm going to challenge you then um, to go to the letter R. And um, look up. Um, do you have something about Rimsky-Korsakov? Because I, I have. like I like
1: uh, yes, his music. I have, I have. Starts like this. Rimsky-Korsakov is a fascinating figure in the history of Russian music. Together with Balakirev, Mussorgsky, Borodin, and Cui, he was one of the group of composers known as the Five, who were part of an artistic movement aimed at developing a Russian school of composition, founded on the work of Glinka and traditional Russian music, and distinct from the Austro-German approach that had dominated Russia and so on and so forth. Uh, Rimsky-Korsakov was first and foremost a composer of 15 operas. He did more than any other composer to establish Russian opera as a regular feature of the culture of the time. But this wasn't just through his own compositions, he was also a vigorous promoter of the music of his fellow Russians. After Mussorgsky's death he, he edited his works for publication. Uh, and then later on, Rimsky-Korsakov's own compositions reveal him as a master of the orchestra, his virtuoso flair for creating varieties of colour and effect influenced later composers, most obviously his pupil Stravinsky, but also more subtly Debussy and Ravel. Uh, one thing just, just to say, I think, one thing I, I've become increasingly fascinated by as I wrote this book is the influences that composers have, not just on people they knew, but long term, you know, generations after. If you take somebody like um, Bach or Handel, who greatly influenced Beethoven. Beethoven revered Bach and Handel, and then later composers Brahms, Bruckner, Wagner revered Beethoven, and then by the time you get to Wagner he influenced so many people in the 20th century, people like Messiaen with his enormous Turangalila symphony, but even somebody like Debussy who tried to escape Wagner. You can feel Wagner sort of lurking there. So this this sort of line of influence this is a sort of community of composers that goes through history, which I'm absolutely fascinated by
0: i 'm always fascinated by the fact that nobody no two people um, well one hope they don't one hopes that they don't um, compose the same tune effectively and it th- right. that always I think is fascinating
1: yes, not only do they not compose the same tune or uh, well, they can sometimes you know seem to be sort of quoting each other or deliberately quote each other. But their fingerprints are different. It's just like you know, looking at a face. You would think that uh, that there aren't enough enough elements in in what makes up a face to produce so many distinct people. But it's the same with composers and the sounds they make with the orchestra and whatever else they're writing. Uh, just their way of even if they're trying to imitate somebody else. Um, Ravel once said that uh, if a composer doesn't know what to do. What he should do is take a famous work from a, a, a great composer and try to imitate it. And in the way you imitate it, you will display your own individuality. And uh, that's often the case. Somebody sets out obviously using somebody else's work as a model, but it's just completely distinct. And just their little turns of phrase and the way they move the harmonies and the way the melody goes and, and the sort of combination of instruments they use. Um, just just sounds different
0: and the other thing about this book which is i think a thousand pages am pretty i pretty much yes yes it's a, with all the with the bibliography at the end and everything um it's taken you a while so so a why did it take you so long <laughs> and mr philip you know took you ages and also um you know did you know a lot of this stuff beforehand
1: quite a bit i mean my earliest memories of orchestral music go back to when I was about seven, even even before actually. We had a pile of seventy-eight records and a and a record player, and then we got our first LPs. And I remember we got Beethoven's Seventh Symphony and the Bach Brandenburg Concertos, the first LPs we ever got. And I just remember this incredible sense of setting off on a great journey with Beethoven Seven. And it's never left me that, and I became fascinated from then on, particularly by orchestral music. I mean, I don't pretend for a moment that I <laughs> that I knew all the works in this this book. Uh, a lot of it was completely new to me, and that also is fascinating to learn new things. And somebody like Haydn, for example, um, until really quite recently, Haydn symphonies—the only ones that were played regularly were the late symphonies, the the so-called London symphonies that he wrote when he came to England. Um, but then, when I was a student in the 60s, the first complete edition of Haydn's symphonies came out, and the first complete recordings, and you suddenly realised he'd been writing wonderful symphonies throughout his working life, and there are, there are another you know, hundred and four of them, and uh, you know, at least half of those are really marvellous works, and I didn't know most of those until very recently.
0: And which is your own personal favourite?
1: I wouldn't say I have a a favourite composer. There are composers that I keep on coming back to, maybe most of all Mozart. Uh, I mean, what he did uh, by the time he died at the age of 35 was just incredible. Uh, and the sense that you have that he not only wrote very easily, but that he understood everything Sort of emotionally, as well as just technically and musically. And he
0: wrote operas as well as other music.
1: Yes, uh, principally an opera composer, really. Uh, and if I had to, you know, if I had to pick the greatest work by Mozart, it would be the Marriage of Figaro. Uh, but I think if you get to know uh, the Marriage of Figaro and then you get to know his instrumental music, you realise there's a lot of opera in the instrumental music. The sense of um, uh, a symphony as a drama and as characters emerging and arguing and so on I mean, it's not literally like that at all of course but it's very much like that Mm
0: -hmm. and so what about the absolute beginner is this a a book for the absolute beginner
1: it's not really a book for the absolute beginner although I mean actually there are parts of it which are the absolute beginner I there's a sort of introduction that leads people into classical music and why I got fascinated by it I think all the introductions to the composers an absolute beginner could certainly read Uh, when it gets into the descriptions of the works then it's more for people who love this music and want to get either get to know new pieces of music or want to know how it works and you know why they love it so much.
0: And where do you go to listen to your music in Edinburgh?
1: Uh, I go often to the Queen's Hall, Uh, I'm married to Susan Tomes, a pianist who regularly appears there, so we're often at the Queen's Hall, go to the Usher Hall uh, to to, uh, hear symphonies, actually the last thing I was at was um, uh, Mahler's Fifth Symphony at the Usher Hall, uh, the RSNO, Um, splendid.
0: We're surrounded here with lots of music in the festival city. Uh, Robert, thank you very much indeed for speaking with me. Perhaps you could just give us the uh, title of the book again. Yes,
1: it's, uh, it's called The Classical Music Lovers' Companion to Orchestral Music. Uh, it's published by Yale University Press.
0: And Thank you for speaking with us.
1: Thank you, Phyllis.